Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today we have an overview of the execution time zones. And this podcast is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Visit skywayacq.com to learn more. All right, let's get started. In just about every podcast, we mention the acquisition time zones and the execution time zones. So it's important that we pause every now and then and and refresh ourselves and and potentially listeners on what exactly the, the time zones are. The execution time zones are what happens after contract award. What happens when we leave the acquisition time zones and now it's time to perform? Because awarding the contract or winning it was one thing, but performing is a different and different endeavor. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about that too. And uh, I'll quote uh, Jerry McGee. He's a podcast listener and also a contracting officer. He works at uh, Special Operations Command. His simplicity of the execution time zones is perform or perish. That's where we are. We're at the execution time zones where you need to perform or perish. Where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> there you go. How many yeah. different versions of the <laughs> Before we get into that, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Julie Miller. Julie is the Director of Proposal Management at Unity Technologies Corporation. She's in the Frederick, Maryland area. I want to thank Julie for liking and commenting on our podcast episodes inside the Contracting Officer Podcast Group on LinkedIn. When people share our episodes, and more people find our podcast, and they also find our Contracting Officer Podcast Group on LinkedIn. And if you're not a member of the CO podcast group on LinkedIn, just request to join and Amber will let you in. It's an open group. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. All right, I'll recap very quickly. The acquisition time zones, we have separate in-depth episodes for each time zone. The acquisition time zone starts with the requirement zone. Which we recapped at episode 320. Then the market research zone. We covered in episode 325. The RFP zone. 328. And then the selection zone. 332. We also have individual episodes for the execution time zones, which are in order the honeymoon zone. Episode, this is fun. <laughs> episode 106. The performance zone. Episode 108. The recompete zone. 117. And the wrap up zone, which is number 123. All right. Now that we've given you all those numbers, today we're going to give an overview of the execution time zones. If you think about the time zones like a clock on the wall, the beginning of any acquisition is at, at 12 o'clock noon or, or midnight, uh, whichever, whichever you prefer, but right up at top, 12 o'clock. Starts at the requirement zone and the market research zone, the RFP zone, the source selection zone. Now you're down at six o'clock and you flip from the acquisition time zones to the execution time zones, and you come back up through the honeymoon zone, the performance zone, the recompete zone, the wrap-up zone, and you're back to the top of the clock. So it's cyclical. We talk about it like this is clean, like there's a start and end and nothing overlaps, and they're all the same size, and that couldn't be farther from the truth. It's just helpful. It's sometimes true. It's usually yeah. not, though. It, it's helpful to think of it like a clock, only from the concept of you start at the beginning, and you go all the way around, you end up back where you started. In reality, we talk, we, we think about the time zones more like a, a pizza or a pie or a, a pizza pie, if you're from a part of the country that calls it that. 
where if the length of time that it takes that you spend in each zone equals the size of a slice of the pie, depending on the acquisition strategy and the complexity of the acquisition, the slices can be all different sizes. Some of the zones are very thin, like the requirement zone could just be a sliver of the pie if, if there's a very simple requirement, or it could take some time if it's a complex system. But in most cases, the performance zone is the largest slice and could be larger than all of the other slices combined by far. Yeah, yeah usually, usually is, I would argue. All right, let's move on from the clocks and the pies. Execution time zones. Where, where does this start? The contract has been awarded. When you hear the terms pre-award and post-award, pre-award is the acquisition time zones. Post-award are the execution time zones. The acquisition is over. It's time to get or deliver the solution that the customer endured the acquisition time zones in order to get. And what I mean by the customer, we talk about the three deciders. There's the economic decider, the customer, and the contracting officer. Economic decider has the money. Customer has the need. Contracting officer has the means to, to use the money from the economic decider and buy the thing that the customer wants. Okay, So here in the execution time zones, the customer's getting what they want. We finally reached the point of why we did all that acquisition work. And all three deciders are still involved in the execution time zones, but in different ways. The point of the execution time zones is now we're getting the work done to meet the mission. The execution time zones apply everywhere, regardless of the size of the contract, regardless of the contract type, whether it's fixed price or a cost type contract or some variant of those two. Regardless of the acquisition strategy, you still go through all of the execution time zones, maybe very quick for a couple of the zones in some of the acquisition strategies. And a key factor here is that your acquisition strategy might have been a small business set aside or some preference for small business. During the acquisition time zones, small business set aside, they're a big part of it, right? During the execution time zones, there's no grace or, or no, no mercy for small businesses. The expectation is you're going to deliver on the contract that you signed up for. Those favorable conditions may have helped you win the contract, but they're not going to be a consideration in when you're performing during the execution time zones. Right. Now you have to deliver just like anyone else. All right, let's walk through each zone and define where, where the zone starts, what happens during that zone, and where it ends. The first of the execution time zones is the honeymoon zone. It begins with contract award, which is a very specific date. It'll say it right on your contract. <laughs> and it ends in a, in a little more a squishy kind of way. So it's, it's the end of that startup or transition process. From the moment the contract is signed until you to really start performing, it, it's, a, it's a really small time period. When you talked about the... The pie, the pizza pie, yeah, this is a really small slice of the pie. This is where both sides, the government and industry, are thinking, let's get started. And and hopefully not, oh, oh Lord, what have we done here? Now, now, <laughs> now we have to perform. It should be the most optimistic time for, for both sides. Unless we've already learned that, oh, what have we done? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> then it's not very optimistic. But normally, yeah, you're just getting started. You're getting to know each other. It should be the happiest time in any marriage, right? What happens, during, what happens during the honeymoon zone is usually a, a kickoff meeting 
some some kind of of starting point for the relationships to ensure that both sides understand the requirements. Yes, this is what we intend to do. It's often called a post award conference by government folks, making sure we all understand the contract and the milestones and how we're going to get paid and any differences between uh, understandings in certain words. If it was one of those source selections where there wasn't a lot of communication, you want to make sure that everyone agrees this is what the words really mean. Yes. Okay. It's best to do these in person if you can, or, or at least by phone or by Zoom or something, but not by, you know, just emailing PowerPoint back and forth. I mean, have a conversation. <laughs> these are people doing the work now and embrace that. So the honeymoon's over and we slide into the performance zone, the second execution time zone. The performance zone starts at, at the end of, end of the honeymoon zone, this, this sort of soft transition, and ends when the contract is over. Now, I say that, but if the government is going to recompete this requirement, if they're going to buy the same thing again, then the performance zone ends when the recompete zone picks up and they somewhat overlap until the next contract is awarded. Like we mentioned, this is the largest slice of the pie. In most cases, the performance zone is the majority of the time spent in the execution time zones. It is a very large chunk of the pie. It should be, like you said, it should be the largest chunk. Because this is when you're getting the stuff, when the government's getting the stuff and the and industry is delivering the stuff or the service that we put this contract in place to get. Could be very simple to deliver as, as simple as ordering something online, it's shipped, it shows up, it's accepted. Or it could be a development contract where it takes years for that. Like it, stuff kind of understates how complicated it could be to, to build something. <laughs> yeah, but enough. if you're building an aircraft carrier, I don't think that's a really a stuff, but it takes a <laughs> long a time. Stuff. You spend a long time in the performance zone while the contractor is developing and building something like that. And the government wants to turn on the switch and the, the lights come on and the contract just works, right? And industry wants to show up, do the work, and they get paid. Yep. However, <laughs> contracts are complicated. It's an entire part of the FAR. It's contract administration. Well, that's where we're living. So we have things like modifications and changes. And all these are driven by, you and I talk about a lot, communication. Yeah, A lot of communication needs to happen in this performance zone. The contract specialist, the contracting officer, the contracting officer's representative are all very active during the performance zone of a, of a complicated contract. You might also have technical monitors or reviewers on the government side. On the industry side, this is where the, the engineers and software developers and everyone else are doing their jobs. We're in a services contract. This is where people are showing up and providing the services that are required. All right, performance is complete or mostly complete, and the government has to make a decision. Do we need to buy this again? We move into the recompete zone, the third of the execution time zones. This mostly applies in services type of contracts where there's a recurring requirement and we've already had a contract that has reached its maximum period of performance. Usually contracts are only allowed to perform for five years before you have to recompete. And we've talked about that in other episodes. The recompete zone starts when the government decides that they're going to reassess the requirement. Yes, this is the requirement that we need to buy again, and we're going to start doing our market research and build an acquisition strategy and decide how to buy it next time. It might look exactly like the competition before, 
or they may decide to go a slightly different route. Regardless, they're going to buy largely the same thing again. The recompete zone ends when a new contract is awarded. When that source selection is is complete and a new contract is awarded, thus beginning the execution time zones again for the next competition and moving to the wrap-up zone, the fourth of the execution time zones for the current contract with the incumbent. You know, the thing about the recompete zone is it, if it's assuming that it's a recompeted requirement, both sides knew this was coming. Yeah. Like the government and industry know this was coming, that, that you have to recompete things. That's how this process works. So we run into things like making sure that we're not distracted because the government folks are managing a contract at the same time they're competing a new one. Industry is delivering on a contract at the same time they're competing for the new one. And so the incumbent is trying to capture and retrain, retain the work. And both sides are effectively dual-headed. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, new competitors are trying to sneak in and get the new work. So it can get complicated. The recompete zone is a, a, a what do we say, a very high ops tempo for, for both sides. Because there, it, it, yeah. it, there usually are a lot of people, like you said, on the government side, the, the best people to come up with the requirements and evaluate new proposals are the people that have worked or are working on, on the current effort. And same for industry folks, the best people to write your proposal to win it again are the people that are currently performing on the work. Now, I know I said at the beginning, all of these zones apply in every acquisition strategy. For many acquisitions, even if you're going to buy it again, the decision is, do I want this again? Yes. And you go out and you buy it. You know, this is like, it's on the web. You go buy another one. You, you might go to the same supplier, check two other suppliers' prices for the same thing, buy it from the least expensive one, right? It, the recompete zone can happen in the blink of an eye, or it could happen as quickly as, do we need to do this again? No, move on. All right, recompete zone complete. <laughs> the last execution time zone is the wrap-up zone. The wrap-up zone begins at the end of the contract's period of performance. Or in the case of a large services contract, it could begin when that new contract is awarded, but you still have a little bit of time left to perform during a transition period where the new contractor transitions in and the old contractor transitions out. Either way, the contract is over. The wrap-up zone looks different depending on the acquisition strategy. If it was a micro-purchase with a government purchase card, the wrap-up is basically making sure that the payment was made and, and the, the funds reconciled. Or on the uh, industry side, it's making sure that you delivered what you meant to and that the card payment showed up in your account. Another example is a transition period when a new contract was awarded and the old one's not actually done yet for a service contract, for example, and you're transitioning out the new and bringing in, <laughs> you're transitioning out the old and bringing in the new, that transition period is the wrap up to make sure that the transition happens smoothly. And, and another example is that you may have a long waiting period for, we talk about cost type contracts where it may take years for all of the costs to finally be reconciled and close out the contract. Those are three separate scenarios. One takes a few days, one takes a few months, one takes a few decades, potentially. Yeah. And so, yeah. Maybe, you know. maybe not decades. I mean, I'm sure they have, but yeah. Yeah, most of the time it's less than a decade. Large development contracts, you could spend a long time in the wrap-up zone where it's mostly dormant, where you're just waiting, like you yeah. said, for those rates to be finalized so that you can negotiate the final rates and get the contract officially closed out. 
All right, there we go. That's all four of the execution time zones. The honeymoon zone, the performance zone, the recompete zone, and the wrap-up zone. Government folks, don't forget that the point of the acquisition time zones was to get to here, to the execution time zones. And the performance zone inside the execution time zones is the bulk, or usually is, the bulk of the time of these eight zones. It's the, it's the biggest slice of the pie. So plan accordingly. And, and the, the big recommendation I'll make is start with a good honeymoon zone is take the time to communicate early in the honeymoon zone and take advantage of that opportunity when you're the most optimistic to set the contract up for success. Yeah. Easier to understand and get it right at the start than to fix it later. Industry folks, you spent a lot of time targeting, shaping, writing a proposal, spent a lot of money doing that as well. Don't squander it by screwing up the performance part because the performance zone is where you're you're making the past performance that bridges you to that next win. Make sure that you deliver what you said you were going to deliver. Make sure you document your performance along the way and communicate with the government and help the government end with a smile on their face and a high rating on your CPAR. That's right. It sounds so easy when you describe it like that. <laughs> and all this stuff sounds easy when you describe it. In the <laughs> all right, Kevin, I think that's good enough for today. This was a good overview of the execution time zones. We have individual episodes that dive into the details of each of the acquisition and the execution time zones. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, I'll see you, Paul. Okay, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us. When you need help applying your knowledge of the acquisition and execution time zones so the government will buy from you, Skyway's team of former contracting officers is here to help. Visit skywayacq.com or give us a call at 877-884-5280. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.